Welcome to Talk Therapy CBT, a conversation about educating, helping, and connecting individuals to the world of psychology. This podcast is supported and produced by Inner Balance Psychology Center. I'm your host, Dr. Dawn Raffa, and join with me today is my co-host, Anthony Dana. Happy Sunday to you. I forgot to say a shout out because we have a new sponsor to Dr. Alba Raffaella, who is also sponsoring our podcast. She is a psychologist and she is the author of Breaking the Mirror, which can also be found on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. So happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Today, we are going to do something different, something new. I've noticed these videos for a while now, and I thought that this would be something good for us to do. When I say us, I mean you, mm-hmm. uh, to watch a movie that maybe we have seen before, but just rewatch it and look at it differently. I mean, again, we're still being entertained by and all, but like, you know, keep in mind of how well they're depicting psychologists or psychiatrists in therapy and the people who are suffering from whatever disorder or they have. So what, so pretty much talk therapy at the movies. And we started off our, with our first movie, and we're going to talk about it today. And the movie is Silver Linings Playbook, which was written by... Matthew Quick. Right? Matthew Quick. Yeah, there's a book, and then there's the movie. So right. I had listened to the Audible book years ago, and then the movie. But I am really particular and picky when I watch movies about therapy, therapists, psychologists, as to what's accurate. I know other people do this in their career as well, you know, but that's how we thought of it. But we have a quote. Right. So I'm going to start with mine from, again, what I thought would be best if we just took a quote from the movie. Mm -hmm. And so mine is toward the end of the movie, by the way, spoiler alert, if you've never seen the movie, Right. Um, yeah, we're going to give some things We're going to talk about a lot of things in the movie. But at the end of the movie where the Jennifer Lawrence character, Tiffany Maxwell, runs away because she thinks that Pat has reconciled with his, I guess, wife still? They're married? Um, yeah, they're, they're still married. They're not right. legally divorced yet. And he, but right before he runs after her, his father, played by Robert De Niro, who played a really, I think, a really good depiction of just a typical guy. He seemed like a South Philly guy, but I think it was supposed to be in Upper Darby or somewhere like that. He says, let me tell you. I know you don't want to listen to your father. I didn't want to listen to mine. But I'm telling you, you got to pay attention to the signs. When life reaches out with a moment like this, it's a sin not to reach back. It will haunt you for the rest of your days like a curse. And, you know, I just, um, for me, it was a good scene. It was a good quote because, you know, he, meaning uh, Bradley Cooper, is obviously, you know, he's got more issues than a magazine rack. And he, his father even kind of just, admits, I guess, to the mother, um, who I loved her too, that I just, I doted more on the brother and I didn't pay enough attention to him. It was a powerful moment at that time because throughout the movie, it it showed the, I guess, disconnect between Pat and his father, Pat Sr. So that was like a bonding moment at the end. And for Robert De Niro to be a dad. Yeah. Um, give fatherly advice. Sure. If anybody's seen the movie or if you're going to see, like there's a great symbolism when he walks, he, he comes back. Bradley Cooper is in Baltimore at a, um, at a psychiatric ward. And after he catches his wife in the shower with somebody else, and then he almost beats the guy to death. But he, I guess they plea bargain because he's bipolar. He goes away, he comes back, and then he sees at his house, his brother's picture is nicely hung on the wall. And his picture, which is normally next to it, has fallen. And nobody took, yeah, took, nobody nobody took the effort, made the effort of, of like, let me put that back up there and get, nail it back up there. Now nah, it's just still sitting there. And that shows just not necessarily the mother, because I think the mother was just, you know, good to both of them equally. But this is the father. Eh, 
you know, like whatever. And, and that was that he gave that advice. He had that bonding moment. Cause again, parents, a lot of times, you know, rightfully or wrongfully blame themselves for things with their kids, I think too often. And I think that's what maybe the De Niro character was doing. Like he blamed himself for. Yeah. He may yeah. have. And also like it was, it was symbolic. He hung the picture up at the end, kind of like, okay, he's now part of the family. I think that Robert De Niro just didn't understand his son. And I don't know if he didn't, maybe he didn't believe the diagnosis or he didn't really know a lot well, about it. Don't you think there's a lot of old school minded thinking people that oh, just like, yes. you know, you what, what is that? You just stop, stop real. it. Oh, Behave yeah, yourself, yeah. you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Well, I've had people come in with parents or grandparents, you know, like in that specific generation that doesn't believe in mental illness or major depressive disorder, just get over it, just stop it, just stop thinking that, just knock it off. It's all BS. Yep. And then you throw in the cultural stuff too. You know, maybe I can speak for Sicilians and Italians that they also You know what would cure you know what what would cure that kind of behavior is a good belt or a switch. Yeah. yeah or something yeah. like that. Or you yeah. don't talk about your problems, you keep it in the family, right, right, right. you know. Yeah. So yeah. So your quote, by the way, you, I like okay. I like the um the signs. So do you believe in science? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I do. So not like in a hokey, hocus pocus kind of way or whatever, but I do think that whether it's the universe or God or higher power, like shows us, you know, certain things, I think that they're out there and we have to, I guess, pay attention or notice them. I know I've used them throughout my life to make major decisions. I don't think it's necessarily like some voodoo stuff. Do you believe in signs? Yeah, I, I believe, I believe that there are signs. I think though, if you spend too much time looking all the time, you're you're manufacturing some signs that maybe aren't there. You know what I mean? So, oh, like in a superstitious. Yeah, it's just like well, it's just like yeah, yeah, exactly. But if they are pretty poignant and in your face, you know, you might have to just stop and go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you can also use that as a um, like I said, superstition or delusion or hallucination. Oh, this is the sign. This the TV is talking to me. Obviously, that's hallucinating and being delusional. Right. Again, to talk about superstition. I mean, uh, the, the father movie. had the father had massive oh, gosh, OCD yeah. with the Eagles, and again, everybody has a superstition with with their teams, any sport, right? Yep, yep. yep. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. wear these pair of socks that I've never washed on game day because yeah. they're undefeated when I do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> they want to feel a sense, but not on Monday nights. Like, just, there's so many different, you know, oh, like yeah. rules. Oh yeah, it's very rule bound and rule based. People come up with these rules in order to feel a sense of control for things they cannot control. You cannot control a team sitting on your couch <laughs> on a Sunday nope. of how well they're going to do. Trust, I've tried. Or not. I'm sure you have. So speaking of the Eagles, and this oh. is an apropos story. The I almost ruined the Eagles winning the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. and I think I've told you this story. Mm -hmm. I was bartending at Bennigan's, and it was the Falcons game, and it was just you know, so busy and, and all the TVs are around the bar and I could not watch any of the game. I might catch a glimpse of the score. And because I did not watch the game, the Eagles won, at least in my head, that was why. <laughs> the next week was the Vikings. Well, packed again and the Eagles destroyed them. Mm -hmm. And and again, this reminds me of the scene with Jennifer Lawrence talking about every time that Pat's with me, the Eagles and Phillies have done well. Yeah. So, you know, mm -hmm. so that's another win. So then the Super Bowl, my manager says, we're going to have three bartenders. We're going to have two cocktail waitresses. I go, it's not going to be as busy. People have parties for the Super Bowl. And no, no, no. Well, what happened? Halftime, the place was hardly packed. And he told me, okay, we're going to cut a bartender. Who are we cutting? And it was me and these two girls. And I, this was my second job. And the girls depended on the, on the job. So they told, they basically voted me out. 
So I said, no, no, you understand. I'm going to be forced to watch the Eagles game, and that means they're going to lose, and I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> and, you know, and, and so, of course, that, that's not what happened, but I did watch it. But I'm like, of course, if they lose, it's my fault because I'm not bartending, and that's what, that's what got us this far. Again, yeah, in nonsense, but yeah. in my head, that's what was going on. It made sense at the time. What's your quote? All right. Well, my quote is also from the movie. So this one is, most people lose the ability to see silver linings, even though they are always there above us almost every day. So I like this quote. Well, the movie obviously is called Silver Linings Playbook, but it reminds me very much of cognitive behavioral therapy. Reframing your thinking is the essence of CBT and not dwelling on the negative. So this is the opposite of dwelling on the negative or rejecting the positive, that there are reframes and other ways of looking at it. The movie we were watching last night, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, uh, Revenant. I always call it- (laughs) Reverend. Reverend. (laughs) Irrelevant. Something. Reverence. So I finally got to watch the movie that um, Leonardo DiCaprio won. Yeah, so she's a Leonardo DiCaprio fan, but she's never seen the movie that he won his Oscar. Right. Yeah. So shame on me, right? Well- but the reason I mentioned movie. it, well, the reason I mentioned it was, remember I said to you earlier, I said the reframe in there was, I, it was not necessarily a silver lining. I'm just pointing out the reframe was the part with the officer. Remember? Oh, and an officer. the story goes, you know, he, he, you know, his, his, his uh, son was half Native American. Mm-hmm. And of course, in, in the beginning of the 19th century, there was just like this mass exodus, basically a, a genocide extermination of Native Americans, as we all know. Um, whether we want to admit it or not um, in our country's history. Anyway, this one village was attacked. They killed his wife and they were about ready to kill his son. And he was an officer. Yes, he was. But the story goes, this guy killed an officer. And at the end, um, a captain who was out with him said, asked him the question, right? Yeah, about killing, what was it about? He said, is it true that you really killed an officer? Right. right. And if you frame it, like you said, you frame it like that, it sounds terrible. But there's, there's the devil is in the details, right? Right. And then Leo responded with, no, I killed a man who was trying to kill my son. Right. That's, that's who I killed. Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, he, yes, he he might have been an officer too. There might be a lot of other things that are positive about him, but at that moment, Mm -hmm. that's, that's who I killed. So not necessarily silver lining. I mean, kind of, I guess was for his life, but. There are lots of good, you know, ways of looking at a situation, like when bad things happen or negative things happen or crises occur. Oftentimes there's a silver lining that goes along with that. I definitely have experienced that in my life, professionally, personally, you know, and I help patients with that. Do you think silver linings exist? I, yeah, I think that there is positivity, you know, like I think positivity and negativity in this world, you know, everybody's like, oh, there, there's too much negativity, not enough positivity. And I think it's, it's more equal than people like to think or believe if they just would be more optimistic to look and to appreciate it, you know? And I know people, oh, what am I going to do? Just, you know, I'm not going to be appreciative of every little thing. And, and that sounds hokey, but it's really not. I mean, if you think about it. No, I think it's important to have gratitude and we are wired to see the negative. We're wired for our fight or flight response to focus and dwell on negative. So we have to kind of reframe fight to see the, the silver lining or the positive or the reality of a situation because we are just you know wired that way. My grandmother always said, no matter how bad you think you have it, there's 10 people <laughs> right around the corner that have it 10 times worse than you. Mm-hmm. And yep. if you if you remember that, mm-hmm. it just puts things into perspective. It's not saying that what you're going through isn't, is, 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 uh, you know. Minuscule. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. minuscule. Of course not. So I think we're just going to kind of talk about the character 
Like I tell most people when they listen to the podcast, please don't listen to the first one, but where else are you going to begin? Because we've gotten a lot better because the format totally did a 180. And so this format at the movies might change as well. So this is the first time we're doing it. We might, I might come up with an idea. Dr. Raffa might come up with an idea where it changes. But right now we're just going to go over the characters of the movie. And if you've seen the movie, you know exactly what we're talking about. If you haven't seen the movie, you know, we're not going to do a, a movie review and kind of get you caught up. You got to see the movie. So if, listen, if you really want to appreciate this episode more, maybe go watch the movie and then come back to this. Yeah. Um, or maybe this inspired you to watch the movie and then you want to re-listen again and you'll know what the heck we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. Mm-hmm. All right. So the first character is Pat Solitano, mm-hmm. played by Bradley Cooper, who is a native of the Philadelphia area. Right. Yeah. So this movie was set in, um, like you said, outside of Philly, I imagine. So um, one of the things I liked about this movie, and even when I read the book, was I really believe this is an accurate depiction of bipolar disorder. I think that he does a really good job of presenting as hypomanic. I assume hypomanic because I don't know the timeline, but he has a decreased need for sleep. He has restlessness. He's pressured speech. He's got a flight of ideas, grandiosity wakes up in the middle of the night with his parents. Now, granted, he also went through a recent trauma with the wife cheating on him, and then she got a restraining order, so there's that. He also had inappropriate boundaries with people. He would just speak off the cuff and just not not really care about, like he didn't have a filter, you know, didn't really care about it. Now, I, they didn't really show the major depressive disorder piece of the bipolar depression, but I think they alluded to it or they showed some flashbacks to it. I don't know if that was the case prior to the, the affair happening, but I think that uh, definitely they talked about it historically. Do you remember that? Yeah. I, again, going back to what got him in trouble with mm-hmm. the wife having an affair, he walked into the house and he saw clothes all over and he went up to the, followed the clothes up. Oh, to, and the wedding song was playing. The wedding the song wedding was playing. Thing. Yeah. And, um, but I mean, the restraining order, you know, if, if I was his attorney, I would have argued, well, he thought this was an intruder. This was a, a guy who forced his wife to take a shower with him. So I decided <laughs> to assault him because he, he's broken into my house and he's having his way with my wife. So why is there a restraining order? I'm trying to protect my wife. That's the first time knowing about I mean, that, mm-hmm. that's, yeah. that's a pretty good argument. Right? It could be. Well, the thing is, is, we didn't know a lot about the relationship, like why she had the affair, obviously. Is it because he had, he obviously had bipolar disorder? I think it was because he was tenured. <laughs> I remember, exactly. I remember yeah, he told tenured. the doctor because he, he was a history teacher. the history teacher who by the way is tenured and yeah. he said that in a jealous tone because I think he was a he was a substitute teacher trying to get his trying to get himself into a school I don't know if he had if he was certified or not or if, yeah know, that's what? right he was a teacher yeah um, or his substitute teacher yeah she was cheating on the teacher yeah so I really liked that and I think that the only thing that I thought was was a little, maybe because the legal system, he was hospitalized for nine months, I think eight or nine months. Mm-hmm. It was a significant amount of time, which maybe was part of the sentence. That's a long time, generally, for someone to be in a hospital who isn't suicidal. We don't know if he wasn't. Maybe he was suicidal. I thought that was possibly not accurate. But again, legal system might have just been nine months is your, mm-hmm. your stint there, you know. Okay. Um, Next character we can discuss is Tiffany Maxwell, the love interest played by Jennifer Lawrence. She is um, a widow. Her husband was a police officer who pulled over, tried to help a guy with a flat tire and got hit on 76. And again, you know, at the Eagles game, they talk about 76. And then, I mean, for me, you know, I see a diner in movies and film 
that's one thing. But if I see a diner and they're around New Jersey, Pennsylvania, it's like, yeah, because mm-hmm. I'm sorry, we. And they know, filmed it there. It looked Jersey like- and Pennsylvania, we, we're like the diner capital <laughs> of the world. And New York, too. I'll, I'll throw in New York City or New York State, but mostly New York City, yeah. But what do you have to say for, um, for her? Tiffany Maxwell, the, the character? Well, my initial impression of her was she most likely was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, only because it talked about her depressive episodes, her impulsivity. I mean, so the abandonment she experienced from losing her husband is accurate, you know, so it isn't, okay, she has borderline because of that. Because the essence of BPD is feelings of intense abandonment. But he was more clingy with her because he was trying to get her to write the letter. Right. Because okay, deliver so the letter, I'm sorry, to his wife. The character is, She wasn't inappropriate as far as being super like stage five clinger. No, her sister was best friends with his, his wife. Right. But his wife has a restraining order. But she, he wants to try to sneak a letter right. to Nikki. Nikki is the wife. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he's befriending her. He's, 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 he's using, opportunistic. He's he using her. Yep. And I mean, she was, yeah, she was slutty. She defined herself as a slut and came on to him and said, you know, she could have sex with him. And so that is indicative. You have to keep the lights off. That's just, if you keep the lights off. <laughs> if you keep the lights off, right. Exactly, right. So there's some body image issues, perhaps, or whatever. But I liked her character. I think she won. She won Best Actress. She won Best Actress for that. Yeah. yeah, she did a good job. And I liked that, obviously, she had the dance competition that was positive for her and for him. She was honest. They had very honest communication with one another, very direct. Again, non-filtered about <laughs> each other's personality traits and flaws. The dinner scene was really funny. That dinner um, scene was great. And, and, you know, all the supporting actors, like his friend, who was married to Julia Stiles, his brother, Dr. Patel, who we're going to talk about in a minute, even the kid who lived down the street who wanted to do an interview oh, with, yeah, with him because yeah. he suffered from bipolar. He wanted to do it for his, I guess, psychology class or school, what whatever. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know if he was in college or in high school or what. And but, the mom, by the way, I like the mom a lot. I love her. She was really uh, she, She's making, uh, what, what was it, uh, crabby snacks and, and homemades. Oh, yeah, oh exactly. God. Whatever they are. some. Oh, God. What are the homemades? I don't know, but they said they're homemade. It got to be good. <laughs> so anything homemade? Well, I don't know about anything. Most things For the homemade. most part. Most things homemade are good. Okay, yeah. So I'm looking up. Um, I liked. Wait, I liked speaking her. of Tiffany Maxwell, the one quote, and I, I was debating on using this quote, but I went with De Niro's. Well, I feel like he, they met each other's match with each other. Like they were both quote unquote crazy and finding each other to heal, I guess, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Again, just give me a second. I'm trying to find this quote that she said, like, she's like, there's always going to be part of me that's sloppy and uh, dirty, mm-hmm. but I love that part of myself. Just like I like all the other parts of me, which to me is she's got a lot of problems coping with her husband dying tragically and, and everything else. But oh, like, she feels guilty, by the way, because he was going to get her. Right, because they were having issues in the bedroom and he went to his Victoria's Secret to kind of get things going or whatever. And he wanted to have a kid and she was like, I can barely take care of myself. You want me to have kids? And, and yeah. she wasn't, you know, so there was that whole dynamic where, they're, you know, so, but she said that, you know, there's part of me that's always going to be dirty and sloppy and imperfect and that I'm okay with that. And some people aren't. And she accepts herself for who she is, right. which is... It's important in therapy, regardless of the modality or the theoretical orientation that you ascribe to. Acceptance commitment therapy is all about acceptance of thoughts, feelings, and parts of yourself and, you know, without judgment. So I like that part. So clearly she was in a ton of therapy, which she alluded to. They also went back and forth about meds, by the way. And it was accurate what he was taking. He was taking lithium, or was supposed to be taking, by the way, lithium, Abilify, and Seroquel. And he had stopped taking them, by the way. And... Then it kind of showed his mania. Mm-hmm. And then he started taking it throughout the movie, or he said he did, which I assume is true. 
And then he started to stabilize more like that erratic behavior was, was better. Yeah. So that he wasn't throwing accurate. Ernest Hemingway out the window uh, right. impulsively. Yeah. He had impulsive risk-taking behaviors. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, finally, Dr. Mm-hmm. Cliff Patel, uh, played by um, Anupam Kerr. And I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly. I apologize if I do. So we're introduced to this uh, character when Pat goes to therapy and he's sitting in the waiting room and his wedding song comes on, which is, um, is it Stevie Wonder? Uh-huh. Um, and Mal Sherry, Mal my, my, yeah. um, and that's his wedding song and that's a trigger. And that was the, the song that was playing for some reason. She played that while she was having the affair with the teacher in the shower, in the shower. And that was um, when he walked in. in. So that's always going to, that's the last time he heard the song mm-hmm. and he wanted to turn the song off and he was going crazy in the office trying to turn it off. And then Dr. Patel comes out and then they have their session. Seems as if that was his psychiatrist prior to going into the inpatient facility because they had a, a, a relationship and the doctor played it on purpose, which is great for exposure therapy in order to help patients with trigger. Ben. Dr. Patel, that was not cool. That was yeah. not cool to do that. <laughs> well, I agree it wasn't cool because they didn't have a coping plan for it and right. they didn't have like a fear hierarchy. So he just walked in and he just was like flooded, you know, with this song. So I liked the psychiatrist. I thought that he did a good job. I generally do not like therapists or psychologists or psychiatrists in movies and how they're depicted. I think it's often inaccurate. And that's a whole nother diatribe. I'll go on another day. But he does do some semblance of therapy, which psychiatrists generally do not do. They just do meds. He seemed to be in the room with him for more than five minutes. Yeah. I mean, so that was refreshing, right? right? So he was talking about strategies, which yes, he needs strategies, but whether it's because he was only in the room for 15 minutes, let's say for med console or not, I would work on those specific strategies uh, with a fear hierarchy, with what would you do when this happens? How would you deal with this situation and have a whole worst case scenario? And what would you do then? Because you have to help patients come up with strategies, not just say, develop a strategy. Because he kept saying that to Pat, you need a strategy, you need a strategy. Which, yeah, of course, what is yeah, it? <laughs> yeah, he, if he would have, maybe in the book there was, for me, I will watch a movie and then it will make me want to read the book. People are the exact opposite. But what I do is I watch a movie because I'm very you know visual and then I'll read the book. Now, yeah, I'm, I'm going to read the book picturing Bradley Cooper as Pat, mm-hmm. but whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm, but you're never going to be disappointed that way. Cause I know the book's going to be better than a movie. Mm-hmm. Seldom is it ever the other way around, you know? Right. And yeah, maybe he did have it in the book. I don't, maybe he did have a coping, um, more specific coping. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's just because of the nature of the story in the book and you don't really need to go into that. I just would have liked to have seen a strategy that Pat could use when he was potentially triggered because he was clearly, um, you know, perseverating on the relationship with his wife and obsessing about wedding videos and obsessing about getting in contact with her despite the restraining order. So he didn't really, the doctor didn't really go into when you feel these urges, what can you do? <laughs> what can you I, do? I, I think you, you can also, um, you know, uh, consider dance therapy a thing because uh, the dancing uh, mm-hmm. did, him some, did him some good to work on something and focus on something. Well, in act, it's purposeful and meaningful, so it was valuable to him. Now, initially, she roped him into it as Jennifer Lawrence roped him into it as part of a deal. Like, I will give her the letter if you right. do this dance competition, which right. he didn't want to, but he ended up valuing it. He ended up actually really getting into it and finding healing from it. Yeah. You know, and also developing some confidence with the dance moves, I guess, yeah. had to do, right? Yeah. But, um, you know. But, yeah, I liked, um, for the most part, he was a, he was a good psychiatrist. So overall, um, 
what were your rating of this movie? I would give it a, um, I would give it a solid A. I love the fact that it's in Philly. I love the fact that also, I don't know what it is. It's like something about like, and you know, Bradley Cooper's from Philly and he is in, you know, roundabouts Philly, close enough. He's at, he's at all the Eagles games and stuff. So it was, it was good. I liked De Niro. I liked the mom. Again, I don't know her name, but again, everybody in it, there wasn't any character that I thought didn't do a good job and that I wasn't like interested in brought something to the table. And, um, you know, obviously, Hey, it was a, it was a happy ending, right? It was a silver lining. It was. And so, uh, and by the way, the man that kept escaping from the hospital, he was funny. He was just like, okay, I'll just keep going back to the hospital. It was obviously set with a comedy. Chris Tucker, I forget the character's name, but I love him because in the very beginning, he's just, he he catches a ride with the mom and then they get a phone call and, she goes, you lied to me. And he's like, okay, I'm sorry. He yeah, acted like I don't he, want to get, I don't want to get Pat in trouble. And yeah, he acted like he was discharged and she's just taking him home. So it was just funny. He just kept trying to escape the hospital. And, yeah. Yeah. And, but, like, um, okay. Well, at least I got out for a car ride. So yeah, exactly, exactly. silver lining, right? Yeah. I so. guess everybody kind of had a silver lining. In, in the movie. What the end was just like, was like, you know, was awesome. Like everybody's there watching the Eagles game. I don't think the doctor, Bonding. I don't think the doctor was there. At the end? Yeah. With the, well, which yeah. again, that, again, well, he shouldn't be going he to his be. patients. Well, so. When he, so, so, okay, here's an inaccuracy. So when they met, ran into each other. At the game. At the, well, you know, the parking lot, right? You know, because they yeah. were all, you know. Tailgating. Tailgating. Yeah. He should have like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to, yeah. hi, no, you know, enjoy they, the game. I, you know, they, it was an accident. They ran into each other by accident. Well, they both know they're Eagles fans, but. I mean, that's a big parking lot. You don't know who you're going to run into. Yeah, but you're supposed to have that conversation of like, hey, by the way, we have this shared interest. And no, if, if I ever see last minute, Bradley Cooper didn't know he was going until his father made him go. Right. Because the they're playing the Giants and you got to go. Oh, yeah, the whole superstition. Yeah, exactly. It was last minute. Yeah, I guess it's hard to kind of think about every single situation. Like, Yeah, so I'm not going to tell you. You guys going to ask your to... okay, where are you going to be this week? Because that, that's creepy. No, that's yeah. weird. No, that's very <laughs> weird. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we generally have this rule of thumb and also it's ethical, you know, it's, it's in line with our ethics that if we see patients out in the community we will not approach and say hey how you doing mary yeah. jane we will act like we don't know that person if that person comes up to us and says hey how are you right. then i will say hi but you know i tell people especially if you live and work in the same town or community then you may run into those those individuals so that was you know bad practice not good practice so to speak what were your thoughts on the movie I really liked it. I really liked how Bradley Cooper depicted, you know, someone with bipolar disorder. I liked all the characters. Little nuances here and there, you know, as far as clinical critiques, I guess, so to speak. But I liked that they framed, I guess, bipolar disorder in a positive way, which in essence is the silver lining. There you yeah. go. So we'll see if there's any other movies. We have a couple on our list to maybe add to the uh the, we, we, will, we will take requests, you know, if any, if you have a movie that you think we should watch that maybe we've never seen before. And if it has a, a depiction of uh, psychology on any level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right. yeah. I, I mean, I've got a couple. I mean, one that, that just, I mean, we can, there's a lot of them we can rewatch. Yeah. You know. Yeah. There's new ones for me and for you sure. that I haven't seen. And we'll have to do that as part of our, our therapy homework. Right? Mm-hmm. So we just thought it'd be a nice break to talk about a movie and instead of, you know, something Super serious. I'll give a tease out. But there's another one that we watched that we're going to do. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but mm-hmm. it was, um, it's one I've never seen. Right. And you like it a lot. I really like it a lot for a lot of, like, again, just clinical reasons more right. so than, oh my gosh, they're good actors. And, and tell everybody, I figured it out. You did. Halfway through or a little bit more than halfway through. Yep. Again, yep. I was just thinking out loud. Yep. 
Yeah, I was, I was thoroughly impressed with you. Yes, doing. thank you. <laughs> I was impressed that you were impressed. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, I was excited about it. Right? I was like, oh my gosh, that's so it's so cool. And then you got to see it and still watch the rest. Oh, of the and movie. it was still good, and it yeah. still and there was it didn't still, ruin it. There was still a big twist at the end. There was a big twist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you picked up, and it was cool me for me watching it because I may have seen it twice before, like the next third time through or fourth time through to notice little nuancey things, kind of like the sixth sense. When you watch it again, you're like, oh, yeah, he's dead. That, and that's <laughs> one that we can revisit. He's a psychologist. Yeah, he's a child psychologist. And, and, and again, another Philadelphia movie. Go yeah, figure. yeah, yeah. We'll stick with the Philly crew. Okay. I tell you. So as always, thanks for listening to our show. Catch all of our episodes and more at www.innerbalancepsychology.com. Also, as you know, on all the major podcast directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. You can also check us out at talktherapycbt.com. Email us if you have any questions at info at innerbalancepsychology.com. And remember to stop it and give yourself a chance. Mm-hmm.